Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan, and with me, as always, it sounded like I forgot my name for a second, didn't it? I know, it's, it's awesome. My dear friend Sarah, it's because I stumbled on trying to think of something smart to say, and I thought about going, "Oh yeah, well, you know, we've had the yay for marriage equality, or and the yay we've qualified for the World Cup, and and so today's a good day to do a podcast." And then I was like, "Nah, that's too cliched and bullshit." And, you know, whatever, and... But yay for marriage equality. Oh, Love always wins. that. Always that. Every day for that, uh, yeah. Um, wait, Dan's been sick. That's I where he, he was on the work I've leave, and he was on the work trip, and now he's sick. Yeah, I, I came back from <laughs> Perth, which is wonderful, and you should go there if you get the chance, except don't, because you'll ruin it by being there, and came back with a, a chest infection and coughed up half a lung, which was great. Basically, remember when I go away and I get airport disease? Mm, mm. Yeah. You got airports. We want to talk about. Um, well, last week we talked a bit about the calendar in terms of what the 2017 calendar meant and what the 2018 calendar looks like, with a massive caveat of this road calendar of. It's hard to tell because the UCI, <laughs> oh my God. Um, is, it changes it, I think a that's lot. fair enough. Yeah. It changes a lot. Yeah. And that what's on the calendar at this time of year isn't necessarily what's going to be yeah. on the calendar. What's the, what's the thing they say for like stock investments and stuff? Like information is current at the time it's presented or something <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, your yeah. stocks can go down as well as up. <laughs> um, I want to talk about what this means in the context of overtime because I occasionally I've got I don't every time I do it I curse myself and go why why are you doing this Sarah? I mean, oh my god it's so painful look I but I, yeah I work with um, some serious accounting people and an actual actuary um, and uh, <laughs> the, the the stuff I've seen them do pales in comparison to the levels of spreadsheet fuckery you take on to, to I do did this send analysis. that. For the first time, I sent Dan my raw spreadsheets of fuck. And he's like, uh, Sarah, yeah, I just do have a question. What do all the colours mean on this one? This is the other thing that, that you know caused the delay. I had to go out and get a custom computer built that could load this fucking spreadsheet. It's a... Oh, to be fair, it is built on Apple page, Apple numbers. <laughs> anyway, so things I do. So what I do is I bang in. So I've been collecting these. I started in 2000. Um, I started looking at 2000 and going back a couple of years ago, look, but looking at thing over 2006. Yep. Now, the reason I chose 2006 was because that was the last, that was the first year that CQ ranking was reliable for the and- races that have been. And you kind of have to draw a line in the spreadsheet somewhere, don't you? So, like, it's as good a good a spot as any. And truthfully, over those years now, I mean, like, 2006 to now, that's that's a lot of years and a lot of seasons. You've got some pretty solid, comprehensive analysis going on here now. Yeah, I think I did it in 2011 and then 2013, and then every year from yeah. 2013 on yeah. 2013. Yeah. So, here's what we've learned about races. And it's very important. We, we have got, since 2006 a really big increase in the number of races but the patterns as i always say are liable to change around the olympic year i should have done two someday i'll go back and do 2011 to demonstrate this but basically in the olympic cycle you have more races in the year before the olympics and then even more in the year of the olympics and then you tail off and the mm-hmm. load of races cancel and stop and start again but back in 2006 there were 33 uci ranked Day races, that's including the world champs, 24 UCI ranked stage races, which uh-huh. made 57 races in total. Wow. Now, I just, I feel so youthful hearing that. <laughs> like, yeah. It, and that went seems, up. 
so such a short amount of racing and so many years ago uh we were yeah. younger and carefree in those days now that is amazing because next year according to the uci calendar right now there will be 85 races amazing in the women's road calendar that's uci ranked races mm-hmm. so 57 uci ranked races in 2006 85 in 2018 however last year there were 68 which was the lowest since I've been, you know, in 2013. And that's a post-Olympic year. So yeah. 2013, there were 65. Um, in 2017, there's been 68. Yeah, and then it kind of rose to the maximum of 98 races in 2016. Yeah. Now, one of the things that's happened is there have been a ton of races that didn't used to be UCI ranks that have been added to the calendar. So they used yep. to run in 2006, but they weren't UCI level. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But you have to you have to be a UCI level race to get a good to get a good field these days. You just you just have to. Mm. So yeah. So when we're looking at it, so let's say 2016 our high point. There were 64 day races, 34 stage races, 98 races in total. Last year there were 44 day races, 20 less day races, um, 10 less stage races, 68 in, 68 in total, 20 less races in 2017 to 2016, which when you're talking about, you know, that's like nearly a fifth, that's around a yeah, fifth, right? Yeah, I mean, and and that's a good point, you know, to lose 20% of your, your racing stock, you know, in terms of days, um, year on no, year. No, that's not in terms of days, this is in terms of races. Oh, races, sorry. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, it, that's that's a brutal shift. But yeah. at the same time, I, I guess it's also demonstrative of the fact that we're still working with reasonably small total numbers. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's going to look like a larger percentage because yeah. when you like not even in a hundred, mm-hmm. like when you're looking at ninety eight as the as the as the peak year, yeah. any race that goes in as like a meaningful percentage is a percentage exactly. loss, right? Exactly. You lose one race, that's like over one percent. So. Uh, anyone who knows me really well will just be laughing at me actually sounding like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, yeah. Can't count change to save a life. God yeah. bless her. But so, <laughs> when it comes to race days and races, got it covered. Yeah, so 2018, so we go from 44 to 64, and next year there are 56 race days on the calendar right now mm-hmm. and 29 stage races, 85 races in total. And that's the second highest that I've been since I've been looking at it since 2015. However... yes. It is important to say that not all of those races are going to run. Yes, yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, and it is one of the things that we talked about last time about the, the sheer unpredictability of the calendar, that there is almost certainly um, a, a healthy number of these races that won't actually come to fruition. Yeah, and that's and that's why you can't, when I'm doing this right now, I am being a bit of a, you know, what's the The only reason I do this right now is to have a look at what it was like, what it's like at the beginning. Yeah. And then and see what, what changed like as the, the season actually took place. Exactly. Exactly. So if I was looking at, um, let me just open my next incredibly awful, um, <laughs> in my next, my <laughs> next file of joy. Yeah. Yeah. So when we were looking at it, when we were looking at it last uh, in December, when I looked at December last year, when the calendar was looking bright and vibrant, for example, they were saying there was going to be seventy nine races in 2017 and that's dropped to 68 yeah yeah and that's and that's an important thing to understand too that that's how much we're talking about like a drop you know they've got like um over to you know 11 races disappeared yeah mm-hmm. that were that were on the calendar in december now some also were added so it gets confusing 
Now, you said race days earlier. Yes, I did. And the reason I'm interested in race days is that while 2006 only had 57 races, it had 150 race days. Yes, yes, because a lot more stage racing. Yeah, so in 2018, there were 70 races as opposed to 57 in 2006. Mm. But there were, um, but in terms of race days, there was actually more race days in 2006, 150 race days versus 126 in 2011. So it's, and that's because back in 2006, we had three races over 10 days and we had a lot more stage races, you know, relative, relatively, we're talking more stage races than day races. I have a potentially um, tricky question here, but it is just for my own understanding and, and clarity. Um, when we're counting race days and stage races, are we counting a day that has more than one stage as two race days or one race day? One race day. When I first looked yep. at this, I had a real issue about how to count. Do I count in terms of stages or do I count in terms of race mm, days? Mm. And I chose it in terms of race days because that's, in effect, how much you're working. Now, if you have a stage where you have a nine kilometer time trial in the morning yep. and an 85 kilometer road race in the afternoon is that harder or easier than having 156 you know what i mean yeah, 156 yeah. but also in terms of how the the, the running the team mm-hmm. it's that that's that's what's important like i'm a yeah, team true, i'm true. you're and, traveling and, think, and, and getting swanias and and management and cars etc yeah. there for the day aren't you and that happens yeah. Know, yeah, or it's how many days, or on the other hand, it's how many days fans can stand by the side of the road and, and see cycling. Also a good point, also a very good so point. So I picked race days. Yep. So back in 2006, there were 150 race days that drops to 126 in 2011, and this is a really good year for race numbers. Then 2013, when the number of races dropped again compared to 2011, yep. they were up to 152 race days. Uh-huh. And so it's really, really interesting that the, the, the still the biggest. Um, so 2000. So the highest number of race days was 2015. Yes. With 186. Then 2006, 16, there was 183. Yep. Last year, there was 168 race days, which is the lowest. There's only been like three other three lower than that. And then next year, there's on the calendar expected to be 177 race days. Yeah. OK. So, so it, so the, the the kind of gaps are smaller. Do you know what I mean? Like we're not yeah, talking. Yeah, it's not as, we're not it's, talking. Twi- it's twenty races between sixteen and seventeen that have yep. gone, but it's not twenty. You know, but it, but the race day ratio is much smaller than that. Yeah, yeah, it's fifteen race days. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the risk that we've got here is when I talk about the number of races, I have my eye on at least three races that I don't think are going to happen next year that are on the calendar. Right. And two of them are the Route de France and the Trophée d'Or, the French races that were on the calendar at the start of last year and just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yep. If you lose those two, you drop from something like 85 race days down to 83 race days, right? Right. But if you lose the Route de France, which is a week long... <laughs> yeah, okay. Right, we're losing and then a, a week. Four or yeah. five, and then a four or five-day trophy door. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. We've gone down, you know, 12 days or something. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's always, you know, like how when you're looking at numbers, you look when you're looking at percentages, you look at both rates and numbers. Yep. You know, yep. 
is this oh my god it's a 500 percent increase is that from yeah. six million or is it from <laughs> or is it three? From two quid <laughs> you know yeah, like, exactly, yeah exactly exactly i've had a 500 percent increase in my pocket money um yeah so that's so that's so that's where we are we're it's a lot we, of one it, pence sweets that's what it is yeah yeah we it's it's good. It's still we're still on a drop from from the high points of 2015 and 2016. Yeah. And in the context of the circle of the cycle, cycle yeah. It's actually looks like what what's been happening is you have a lot of races. They disappear after the Olympic year. It moves up to having the next bit. Now those so far those steps have been higher. Yeah. You know, the, this Olympic year has more than last Olympic year. Yeah. And so looking at this as a pattern, for ex- as, 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 as a pattern, for example, in 2014, we're talking 167 race days. In 2018, we're talking about 177 race days. So, you know, it's a it's a good, you know, 2013, it was 152 race days. Yeah, 2017, yeah. 168 Sorry. race days. So yeah. it does look like it could be. Yeah, so we it, are it, still... it sort of is tracking with the cycle, but well, it's almost more of a spiral than a cycle, isn't it? Because it is growing steadily as it as it goes through that rotation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The highest points. So that's where you have to look at it in the context of the site of the Olympic cycles. Mm, mm. You, know, you look, at, you compare two thousand and eight and eighteen to two thousand and fourteen and two thousand and ten. You know, mm. you compare two thousand, and that's and that's really important as well as looking at what's happened in the last four years. The thing is, is that for current teams, they can go well. It doesn't really make a difference that we're better than we were at this point of the last Olympic cycle because I've been getting my sponsors based on what it looked you know based on it doesn't matter if there's fewer races this year than there were last year and there were fewer races last year than there were the year before that fucks the teams right Right, it's 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 nice in the long run nice nice in the long run to know that in four years time there might be better but it's still it's still it's still unhelpful yeah 177 is still less than 183 so Mm. yeah so I want to look at where these races are. Like the vast majority of them in Europe. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we're talking about 2016 as our glory year. Yeah. 2016, there were 64 of these races were in Europe. And this isn't counting worlds because, you know, that's that's not comparable. Nine were in the in North America, North and Central America. Six were in South America. Um, two were in Oceania. Nine were in Asia. And three were in Africa. Yeah. Yep. And that's a very common thing that, in the Olympic year and the pre and once you're in the Olympic qualification cycle, the races that pop up will tend to be in areas that could really do with qualification points. Yeah, could could just really could really use an injection of um, opportunities for nations to qualify. Yeah. So when you look at like and so this one I've looked at in terms of all the years from um you know from from 2006 onwards I should really uh, well, if I had the if I had an intern I'd make them <laughs> But in 2006 for example there's no races in Africa until 2012. Yep. Then there's no races in Africa for the next 2 years um except in 2015 there's two and 2016 there's three. Yeah. And now there's one in 17 and 18. Same thing goes with Asia. There were nine in 2016. There's four last year, four this year. And in 2012, there were seven. So it's like the highest number in Asia are in the Olympic are in the Olympic years. Mm. Um, it's a subtle code. Not many people would have been able to crack that. Um, um, yeah. yeah, well, South America is the same. And South America is, I mean, it, when you're dealing with very small numbers, 
having like the set of, for example, five or six Venezuelan races for or so probably four Venezuelan races really makes a difference because there are some the four Venezuelan races famously only happen in Olympic years. Yep. So in two thousand and eight there were three race South American races, none for the next two years. In two thousand and twelve there were four South American races, none in the next year, one in the year after. In two thousand and sixteen there were six one last year and none planned for next year. Right. Well, that's that's disappointing. Yeah, it is. It is disappointing. And it's like, and it's, I mean, like I say, there's obviously caveats that when you're dealing with what, four races, then one race organiser, I don't know, maybe maybe they go on holiday, maybe they retire. Yeah. That makes a big difference. I mean, it's not, in Europe, you know, six, there's 50, you know, 64 races in 2000. It's, it's a different thing. The one that bucks this trend is Oceania. Yeah, um, but it's also interesting then in that regard that um, on that basis, it, it does buck the trend, but it's A, like we were talking about earlier, coming off an incredibly low number, so the percentage looks huge, and B, still doesn't get it back to 2006 levels. Yeah, back in 2006, there were two World Cups in Oceania, and two stage races. Mm-hmm. And one of them was a tour of New Zealand. The others were all in. The others were. The others are in in um, in, in Aussie. Yeah? yeah. And they had this time, and they kind of had. Then they dropped the Melbourne Cup. Um, they had two stage races. It was three, and they actually went down to no races at all in Oceania in 2013 and 14. Like yeah. for years, for three years, 2010 to 12, there's only one race, and that was in New Zealand. Yep. 2013 and 14, after the tour of New Zealand stopped, none at all. Mm-hmm. And now we're up to three, and all of those three are in Aussie. Yeah. And now, look, they are... I don't want to look, you know, a gift race in the mouth. Like, it's good that we've got them, but, you know, it, it is. Um, and I say this coming from, you know, and obviously being a resident of um, Australia, the country does pride itself on its cycling prowess, achievements, and, and growing cycling culture. And, yeah. you know, so it is good to have growth, but by God, we've got a long way to go. Yep. In terms of what yep. we could do, in terms of what we could achieve, you know, it is it's a paltry number of races to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. But we talked about this last week. Australia does have the issue that your summer is the opposite of our summer. True. Your season it's a really really it's it would be hard to run a world cup in um in a world tour race in the in in the say in the European season just because getting down to Aussie the cost yep. The travel is enormous. Now that's that's a great point. I... But counterpoint to that, our winter is also reasonably like by by particularly by Euro standards is quite mild, and particularly in the northern half of the country. Um, so it, it would be no worse than a, a Belgian spring, for example, and often quite more you know, quite yeah quite yeah yeah. But for sure. also, there's nothing to stop us having UCI races that aren't World Tour races. Now, yeah, yes, I would love yes. an Australian World Tour race, but the truth is, the the real opportunity for growth in Oceania is in just UCI races. Well, what I think is the Cad Eleven's Great Ocean Road race is World Tour, right? Mm. For men. Why yep. is it not World Tour for women? Now, yep. in the past, they might say, oh, well, you know, it's it's not it's outside the season. But because they put the Tour of Huangxi, which is a World Tour race into Asia this year, yep. uh, next year, 2018. Well, if you're having one in the, in, the end of, in the middle of October, which is definitely after the season's over, we can have the Cat 11's Great Ocean Road Race and the Herald Sun Classic and the other one, Jayco. Yep. Uh, race they can be world tour too 
if we're talking world tour, if if world tour means what it is. Well, now, there's certainly the opportunity for it, yeah. But uh, you know, I, I I do still think the most likely path forward is is just in more, you know, broad UCI ranked races rather than yeah, 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 and yeah, and there's <laughs> there is a job for the UCI here, and that job is to look at races that are happening in Asia and Oceania and South America and say why can't they be? What would they need to be to be UCI ranked, and how can we help them get there? Yeah. I am absolutely not a fan of people just giving random UCI ranking to races that don't deserve yes, it absolutely but maybe what we do is we introduce another ranking a development level ranking hallelujah hallelujah yeah or we work with those race organizers to enable them to be uci level yeah you know and, and i mean and obviously look, that could fit in really well and i love that you suggested that because you know we already have the NRS series, which is a, an awesome domestic series and could could very, very comfortably feed into, um, you know, UCI-ranked races in a, in a development sort of level, you know? But this is... I mean, the, the reason that Belgium popped up so had a real jump was because they had the lotto cycling cup Mm. which was a it it is an ongoing series of belgium races where there's a cumulative points thing over it and the best belgium best belgian wins and you win prizes now those lotto cycling cup races weren't in the in the in the in, in the uci ranking but they then a couple of years ago did all step up into UCI into UCI yeah. level. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so there's so there's there's rules for that. Africa, Asia, I think um, South America, I think the UCI also needs to actually do some active work, especially in the context of men's races, of getting women's races. They need to subsidize them. Mm-hmm. They need to work with those with those federations and get some races. I mean, it's it's terrible that the whole continent of Africa only has one women's uci race next yeah, year yeah that we know of um because that they also have a problem in that their uci races tend to be post post-season but africa's a huge continent sorry that's because that's in south africa but actually africa's a huge continent it's an yeah. enormous continent exactly. south america's an enormous continent we lost when we look at the south american races obviously we lost the venezuelan races mm. but we've also lost races in argentina right yeah and you know, and and we've got some. There's some really strong, incredible countries that have got you know got races on there. Last year they had one, and that's the postseason. Um, to so this year they've had one. That's the postseason Vuelta a Colombia. Yep. Um, I know my North American friends are going to be interested in how they did. It's really exciting. In 2006, there were five UCI ranked races for women in North America. Its high point was 2014, which is interesting because that bucks the Olympic trend, yeah. which was um, 11. Yeah, yeah. And that's now at 10. Apparently 10 next year, 9, uh, which is pretty solid. They've been solidly between 11 and 10 for like the last five years. So that's that's really good. Yeah. Obviously, you lost, we had a bit of a, you know, we lost, we've lost American races off the calendar and that's sad, but we also gained them. Um it's also a little bit sad. I mean, you know, when we look, if we looked at it in terms of racing days, it would seem a lot. It would seem a bit more annoying because mm. you know you losing what, tours. Yeah. But yeah, but that's exactly. But the reason that they expanded is exactly because, like you know, you had races like the Cascade Classics, or you know, that, that would be that were not, or you know, even the Tour of California that weren't UCI ranked that became UCI ranked. Yes. Yes. 
And uh, that same thing again of growing a strong domestic scene, and then as that that competition heated up, converting those races into you know UCI races. It's uh, it's a proven methodology. Yeah. Now here's something interesting. Next year, according to the UCI calendar, there will be more races in Europe than they've been ever since 2006. Really? So we've lost the races we've lost. While it looks exciting that you know we're gaining one extra race in Australia, for, in Oceania, for mm. example, you, a, you know, going from it's a 50% going from, increase, don't you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, going from three races in Africa to one, you know, 2016 to 18, or mm. nine races in Africa in 2016 to four in 2018, is a big deal, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so we are apparently, as the UCI calendar stands now, there are going to be 65 races in Europe in Europe ne- next year. That's that. Their previous high was sixty four in two thousand and sixteen. Yeah. Uh, last year was fifty six, but it's been like you know two thousand and fourteen was fifty six. Uh, two thousand fifteen was fifty seven. Last year was fifty six. So it's kind and of been sort. That's a big gain, like to jump nine races back up this year in the the middle of that Olympic cycle. Yeah. Is like that's that's really anomalous and and well worth pointing out because as you say sixty four in two thousand sixteen is the Olympic year like that's the year you expect it to peak so to be doing yes. better than that in the the midpoint between Olympics is well yeah goodness sort me. of the only thing is is that some of those races are of France so there's three <sighs> races that were supposed to be on the calendar last year and are on the right. calendar for next year you know france they peaked they, they, their glory days were of races were around uh, 2007 8 when they had 11 um you know they've been around 10 and 11 for a couple of years last uh, 2016 they had 10 last year they had six and this sure. next year they're supposed to have nine but like i say there's some races there that's not but that aren't, aren't on the cup. even so, taking that though like take those three races out then and we've got 62 instead of 65 that's still within two races of 2016 yeah you know it's still six more races than last year and and again yeah. in that midpoint like that's a, that is a big number that honestly is still yeah. a big number so where do you think the biggest number of races where before i gave you my spreadsheet where do you think the biggest number of races are in um europe like you mean country-wise yeah country-wise um oh geez because the biggest like, cycling like, like nations... we're talking we're talking uci races yeah yeah so, so the biggest um, cycling nations are belgium france spain yeah. uh italy I, right i would have gone i would have gone the dutch yeah the biggest number of races in Europe by far is Belgium that next year will have 20 races. It'll have five oh, world wow. tour day races, 14 other day races, and it'll have a stage race. That's nearly a third of the, the European total. And that is from in 2006, they had three. Wow. Now they did do, they did do this jump. They jumped between 2010 to 2011 when they, you know, they jumped from six to 12 because they added in the, um, the, 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 the uh, Lotto Cycling Cup races. Sure. But they've been expanding, and it's because of the classics. There's a lot of those are because of the yeah, classics. You yeah, know. yeah, They've always had, they've, they had, they traditionally, for years, for about 10 years, they had two World Cups that went to three World Tours, and then to four, and then to five. So by adding um, Liège, Baston, Liège, uh, and next year they're adding the the, the three days of Japan as a as yeah. a World Tour race. They're adding, they're, they're, they're jumping they're jumping with um, what's yeah, with what's, what's going on there. 
Well, this leads me, though, to ask, well, you know, probably a reasonably obvious question, but I think a reasonably important one as well. When are we going to see a Belgian super team? Well, exactly. And when are we going to see more Belgian superstars? Because we do have Jolien Dora, who's amazing. And there are a lot of Belgians in the pack. And we totally have Lottie Kopecky as an up-and-coming star. But, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on Jolien Dora's shoulders I mean, like and quick, quick step women or something. I, I, it's just, it's time, isn't it? Like we got to do this. Yes. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, the, so the Belgian men's team obviously is Lotto, as yeah. is, is the biggest, is the is the biggest name that has a women's team. But their Lotto women's team is very, very, very small relative. You know, it's a small, yeah, it's a yeah, small exactly. team. So yeah, so Belgium twenty races next year apparently the most they're left, and that's where the increase has gone. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. And that's basically the, the classics, and that's you know this is kind of a Flanders classic ASO war about who can get who can get there. So let's look at the other uh, France. France back in the day, like we said, they used to have ten and eleven. Now they've got down to nine. Um, it's still not good enough when you look at, and especially it's well, not good enough in the context of maybe losing of, three. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not good enough in the context of where the big men's races are. You know, so mm. if Flanders Classic have been pushing a war to get classics belgian classics to get women's races france is as always ignoring ignoring it you know um there's no paris tour there's no um there's no paris roubaix there's no obviously there's like the course is a one-day race in the tour de france it's you know it's fine so um italy italy's a big cycling nation right their heyday year was um 2009 when they had 10 races and they're down to seven next year, which is one less than last year. They, mm. they, their races have been dropping, and and it's but they still have, and they have a really odd thing because it's like on the one hand you have Strade Bianchi, which is you know awesome and epic, yeah. and races and some very long lasting women's races like Trofeo Binder. But then on the other hand you have things like the Giro, you know, which is very important, and then you have yep. some really crappy races. Yeah, yeah. So the Netherlands, the Netherlands only has nine races. Really? I, I, see, it is that weird thing, isn't it, of um, like what sort of sticks in your head until you actually look at the data, just because Dutch cycling is such a, a cultural phenom and, and there's so many great Dutch riders and, and strong Dutch teams and stuff. My overall impression of, of Dutch cycling is just that it's, it's, it's everywhere all the time. And yeah. And part of it, I think, is because they have, you know, they have a couple of stage races. They've got, um, they've got a world tour stage race. They've got two other stage races. But yeah, their their high point was 2015 when they had 12 races, and they've been like nine or ten, like up and, you know, they've been kind of up and down around nine and ten for the last couple of years. But yeah, it surprises me. Yep. Um, who's the other? Who's the other big? Uh, oh, right. Here's a big cycling nation, Spain. Really? They what? They last year had the highest number of races they've ever had in since 2006, and that was four. Oh, right. I see what you mean. Yes, yes. They're beating Australia by by a wide margin of... One. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they've got one more than the whole of Australasia. Yeah. Um, And that's a bit shit. I mean that shit in the context of um, and they've, they've, I mean it's good because next year Emakamin Bira is going to be a stage race I love it I love Spanish yep. races this is why I'm gutted about it because I would love to have a Costa Bravava race I'd love to have a you know a, a beautiful a be- you know beautiful coast down you know around Seville I'd love to see yeah. more in the Basque country yeah, yeah but yeah Spain has four races 
which you know is is kind of weird and but some people go well but sarah maybe maybe we're talking about money like maybe maybe we maybe maybe that's a you know it's the, the, the economy's been terrible it's like well yeah but it's not been terrible since 2006 mm-hmm. and when you look at the rich when you look at rich countries like germany germany's an incredibly wealthy country they used to have a world cup they their maximum has been four races since 2006 and they're down to one Wow. And that's the Lotto Turingen race, which has been a really long, long-standing race. But yeah, they won last year, won this year. Yeah, I mean Germany really took a hit after the the last big round of doping scandals in the men's side of the sport too, where you know so much, um, you know, from a cultural point of view, of disgust existed with cycling as a whole. The fallout just kind of exploded. Yeah, but there's the same number of races in Luxembourg as there are in Germany. <laughs> there are there are more races in the Czech Republic than there are in Germany. You know, we can kind of play this game or you can kind of play this, play this game all day. You know, um, last yeah, year, this is, this is turning into the ugly version of Eurovision now, isn't it? Where we're yeah, all yeah, yeah, voting exactly. for different countries. Yeah. So. I mean, Norway's got this. Norway's Norway. Norway's not got that. Oh, cycling. oh, I've just worked out how to add new races in Europe. We turn it into a Eurovision type contest and everyone votes for who gets to put on the new race based on God, their performance no. of presenting, you know the parkour and the plan and the strategy and the theme song and all of. Have that you ever seen? Have you ever seen the um the Father Ted Eurovision uh, uh, thing? I'm going to tell you something which may shock you. I have not actually seen any Eurovision anything. Have you ever seen Father Ted? I've I've seen some Father Ted. Okay, 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 okay. That's right. Um, okay, we can still be friends. There's one race in Slovenia, right? So if we're also talking about other rich countries, um, so next year there's one in Turkey. There's no none in Russia. Um, right. Let's talk about a rich country. How about Switzerland? Um, in 2008, Switzerland had four races, which was um, one World Cup and three yep. day races. They had World Cups for ages. Switzerland is where the UCI are based. Yeah, right. Switzerland right. have no excuse of money. They have no excuse of no parkour. No, but but then again, based on the UCI's ongoing commitment to women's racing, I would be guessing they have no races. They have one. Well, that's that's uh, an infinite percent higher number than I thought it would be. I am absolutely fascinated with how when you are in a country. And, you know, maybe you go to maybe you go for a drink with someone who runs the town council or something. You know, they're going to have they're going to have links right with 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 what's going on. I am fascinated how the UCI can be based in the country that doesn't have races and that used to have World Cups. Yeah. Like now. that. Wow. Just wow. Just yeah. Just wow. I mean, I used to be very upset about this because I used to say the same. I used to get very angry about Britain because, like, mm. for years and years and years and years, there weren't races in Britain um, until um, there, there was for there was a Welsh race, you know, once, um, and then the Aviva Women's Tour came up. Now we've got three races next year. That's oh, pretty shocking. Same as Oceania. Yeah. Same as exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I wish there were more races, and, but our races and, are really. And hang on, hang on. Just let me, just let me confirm. Your summer is the same as European summer, right? Yeah. And, and technically, you're part of Europe, right? So, like, mm. all the teams and stuff are there, so they don't have to like travel to the other side of the world at the opposite end of the season 
Hang on, hang on, hang on. Are you, so, are you bragging so you've, you've got that the your same whole continent... You've got the same number of races. Are you bragging that your whole continent... Which is vast and filled with deadly creatures and has a population less than a quarter of your country. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really it's... exciting. The thing about it is when you look at the numbers, it's not just up in terms of um, number of races. It's also looking at what's happened. So the mm. Tudor Yorkshire, which when it was first yeah. year was quite a terrible race to be honest like junior level race and then it went up to a proper race literally same day exactly the same parkour same cash prize money as the men yeah and now the tour to yorkshire next year is a two-day race yep yep you know this is this is like an exciting this is a very exciting thing so it's oh it's um excuse me it's uh it, it, yeah, we, 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 yeah we're getting better so that's, no, and, that's, and it that's is the right growth that's... curve and and actually one thing i did want to just say in relation to that one of the things i like about the growth of of women's racing in the uk is that um for all the times that i can complain or point the finger at british cycling for their intrinsic lack of support and occasional obstruction of women's racing um there are promoters and race organisers and and councils and organisations in the UK that are committed to making these things happen anyway. And that is really cool. It's very exciting. And and look, the number of teams. Um, hey, did you see, you mentioned about how Belgium compares to, you know, number of races versus mm. number of teams, right? And pro yep. teams. Of course, one of the things that's interesting about the UK is we do have one of the most successful men's teams in Team Sky, but we also have one of the most successful women's teams in Wiggle High Five, which are ba- which which is which is a British regi- British registered team. But you know, but that's completely independent. But that might change because have you seen Brian Cookson wants to st- the the erstwhile oh. uh, leader of the oh. UCI president. Brian Cookson's talking about well, starting no longer, a British no longer erstwhile, team. thank God, because he got fucking destroyed in the last um, UCI elections. But I mean, to be honest, look, if he manages to pull it off and brings in a well-funded team and runs it well, you know, I'll 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 grudgingly say something nice about it. But at this point in time, to the best of my knowledge, he doesn't have anything close to an actual proper proposal for how this team will be run, who will look after it, what it will do, what its objectives are, where it'll be based, blah, blah, blah. He has no sponsors. He, like, honestly, to me, and maybe I'm just a cynical bastard from Australia. Don't answer that. But... (laughs) He just looks like a guy who fucking got smashed in the UCI elections and is trying to salvage what little reputation he's got by pretending he actually gives a fuck about women's racing, finally. Well, I, it's it's fascinating to me because he's talking about... He's got plans to set a team up in 2019, mm. which, you know, I mean, now, he, now there has, he has been involved in a team before. British Cycling did have a team um, just before the 2000, for one year only before the 2008 elections that Brailsford, David Brailsford was involved in. It was set up around Nicole Cook and Emma Pooley yep. and young Lizzie Armistead. And the plan was to try and get, um, and it was two things. One, it was a test bed for Team Sky, which they actually talked about and admitted in you know, when they were setting up right. Team Sky. They, they went on and on and on and on about how Nicole Cook's 2008 Olympic win was as a result of this team and this work. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Made, they, were, they, they, they were blatant about that. But then they ca- then they just cancelled it after a year. 
Well, I mean, so I'm I'm dubious about a, a, a British Cycling linked because you know for years Brian Cookson was the boss of British Cycling, um, British Cycling linked. Uh... Yeah, I, and I'm super super dubious about it. Um, not least because the most plausible rumor I've heard in regards to it, which I'm starting right now, um, is that he's hit up Shane Sutto to be his his team manager in DS. Oh, it's so... funny you say that because Shane Sutton's back with British Cycling. Yeah, I, well, no, I, I, as far as I know, he's with Chinese Cycling, actually, but he gave an interview to the BBC at something recently because he was in Manchester. Oh, I was talking shit. about how he's, I was he talked about all that, star. and he was just, like, he was just a fucking tool, is what he was. Yeah. That's Australian for fucking tool. He's, um, so, so Jess, Varnish, <laughs> Jess Varnish is going to sue UK sports and, and British cycling for discrimination. You remember Jess Varnish had her bullying case and he's basically saying, oh, she's just trying to keep herself relevant, which mm. I think is hilarious coming from Shane Sutton. Oh, but yeah. And, and it was just so arrogant and, and rude the way he did it. And like, oh, fucking. So, I mean, I'm interested in who the think the problem is, I, I really hope that if there is another British team started off, it is not linked to British cycling. I mean, one of the problems mm. that we have in British cycling is that if you're they, they make very they very strong controls about what you can and can't do. So, for example, people who are predominantly track riders aren't allowed to, you know, they're not, they're not allowed to ride road properly in in, you know, yeah, in the right. years, in the years, in the years leading up to the Olympics, for example, mm. which is why we'll see like Katie Archibald's gone to Wiggle High Five this year and Labark has gone to Wiggle High Five this year. This is a year they're allowed to ride road. Yeah. Right. Um, and I worry about that. But I do wonder who they're after because when you look at... So they've obviously decided, oh, well, look at the number of the amount of British talent there is. And they look at, you know, look at Lizzie Danan, you look at yeah. um, you look at the Barnes sisters and you go, yeah, yeah, we're in a really good place. Look, Danny King, uh, Danny King. Um, oh, I've forgotten her new married name. Oh, oh yeah, terrible. Yeah. Uh, Danny Rowe. Um, and I think that they're assuming that if they set up a british team they can just guilt all these british riders into coming to ride for them yeah yeah but i don't know i i I would be really interested to know what i mean i don't even know when you look at what what cookson's actually said it's that he wants to have a team he wants he's got an idea he's basically saying oh sponsors get in touch with me which i think is not the way that people we do it exactly and and that's the other part of it to me is that it, it again reeks of this this ignorant like tone deaf entitled old white man bullshit that he just assumes that saying i'm interested suddenly money will fall out of the sky and he'll have a team magically appear around him like i'd like to have a fucking team in 2019 too like i'd also like to have a luxury yacht a private island a plane oh fuck it you 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 just be happy being able to being able to buy a flat in sydney yeah well even with all those things i couldn't so you know it's making (laughs) up for it bloody hell yeah yeah, but so, exactly. I mean, so this is this is the thing is like it it and this is why I'm so cynical about it is because it's not like he's gone I'm putting together a team and here's my plan on how I'm going to do it. It's I'd like to have one. It's almost it, like it's almost like there's this unspoken part of the sentence that is so give it to me. <laughs> Well, it's interesting as well that he wants to start in 2019 because I think I think Lizzie Dana has Lizzie Dana signed. I think she's signed to Bowles to 20 through to 2020 right. to Bowles Dolmens. 
I would be very surprised if the Barnes sisters aren't on too. So it used to be yeah. that one year contracts were the norm in women's cycling, but that's becoming less and less. Yeah, multi-year um, is a bit more. So I would, and especially when we're talking a multi-year contract going up, leading up to the Olympics. Well, and because, this is know, what I think about the 2019 thing is like, also that's clearly a play at putting a team together to run it into the Olympics and then yeah. retire in glory. But no. I, I would wonder, I mean, I would be really surprised, I would just be, I mean, I'm not saying it's un, it's it's impossible, but I would just be surprised, for example, if the, if the Barnes sisters are only on a one-year contract at, yeah. um, at, at HTC High Road, for example. So if your plan is, okay, well, who's the top stars of, of um, British cycling? Well, that's Lizzie Danan, that's the Barnes sisters, that's Danny Rowe, we've got, yeah. like, who are they, has he talked to any of these riders about this? Yeah, exactly. And and also, you know, like if flipping it slightly, if I were any of those riders, would I have any confidence in a team run by Brian Cookson based on his past performance with yeah. women's cycling? Yeah, exactly. He's never and and it's not like I mean, yeah, you know, so David Brails it, and it depends who he wants to get to who who he wants to hire and to to, to get it, of course. Like his yeah. plan could be to get a ton of money and just I don't know, get Danny Stam to come in or his plan could be maybe to try and combine with an existing team. Yeah, but maybe. yeah, I, I, I don't. I mean, oh my God, this is Brian Cookson. Like, mm. <sighs> I mean, I'm still, I'm still burn over the minimum wage issue. Like the, you know, the oh, fact that he said God. he was going to bring in a minimum wage and he hasn't, and he never did. And it's like the thing that bothers me is people always talk about minimum wage as if it's like everything or nothing. Yeah. You know, like as if it's everyone on. You know, yeah, exactly. uh, men's and level it's... salaries or no one on, and uh, you know why? Yeah. But and, and, and also as if it exists in in isolation, like you know, it's not. It's it's one component of a multifaceted, um, you know, project to improve the state of women's cycling overall. And and you know, geez, it's in this day and age, it's it's almost uh, like I just don't feel like we need to read. Re- oh, I am re- so bored. The debate every single no, but, time. Like, but I saw I, there was a there was a woman cycling journalist, a famous woman cycling journalist. Well, she's a cycling journalist who happens to be a woman. She's not a woman cycling journalist, which is the thing. And there she was on Twitter going, "Oh, but the thing is about minimum wages. I've interviewed a lot of people involved in cycling, and they don't think a minimum wage is a good idea." And it's like, just going to go out on a limb and guess that it wasn't cyclists that they interviewed. Exactly. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess it's people like Brian Cookson, for example, you know, or, yeah. I mean, or, or team, team managers you know, team who are trying to, you know, control their budget because they're not confident they can secure enough sponsorship for it or, or something like that. I mean, it, it's basically the same thing as, as asking fucking, uh, you know, Donald Trump about trickle down economics. Like, it's just utterly pointless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's an excuse, isn't it? It's like, oh, but it's so hard. And it's like, yeah, but we're literally talking. I mean, yeah. Women's cycling wages, I say this a lot, have gone up astronomically. Like, it is, it is a, this is, you know, we've been talking about comparing to 2006. It is a completely different world. Mm. Like, you know, just adjusting for inflation and blah, blah, blah. But, like, back in 2006, there weren't that many, there were, you know, there weren't, yeah. ride, there weren't many riders on six-figure salaries. And now you can be earning, you know, 70, 70, 70 grand in euros to be a to be a good domestique, you know, and that's yeah. not even a super Which, domestique, you know. And, and to be like, clear, that's that, not all of that, them. Yeah, it's not all of them. But also, it, we're not saying that is a bad thing. That's a fucking awesome thing. Yeah. The, the point is that the, the 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 context of the conversation has evolved, and the conversation, you know, needs to recenter itself a little more around the other part of it, which we all knew was coming anyway, which is ensuring that there's still a pathway, a viable pathway 
for development through to pro like elite pro and you know that is everything from race classification to team classification to structures and and processes and and um evaluations of of levels that have clear criteria that can be applied and you know all all of this is is stuff that you know it's been argued every way from sunday and it just needs a fucking administrator for the sport (coughs) uci to step up and just do their job yeah, 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 yeah. I, used to, I mean, God, I think if I never have the minimum wage conversation, it'll be too soon. But if I never see a woman who's being paid for her work within cycling saying that other women shouldn't be paid, you know, just trying to justify that other women shouldn't be paid mm, at top mm. levels, at pro levels, I'm, you know, I, I, I just, I don't know. It, I, I expect it from some dudes, yeah. you know. But it's just, it's just ultimately disappointing to see, and it, and it smacks of. I'm all right, Jack. I'm going to pull the ladder up behind me. Yeah, which, I've made you know, it. Is the worst kind of bullshit. So yeah. anyway, that's a really happy. So we have yeah. romped, romped through the calendar um, <laughs> and romp, the world. Romp, romp. So feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Sarah's at PW Cycling. I'm at Dan W Official or on the website prowomenscycling.com I'll put up all these tables because I've got lots yeah. and lots of color coded tables. I've, I've just been I've just and been procrastinating. Do tell about us which country you think should win the Eurovision race contest um, or, or or which which oceanic country shouldn't really be allowed in the Eurovision race contest but is weirdly there again like how does that even happen <laughs> hey it's um, slightly better than that tennis they had a new tennis prize which was launched at uh, I don't know if you heard about it new tennis competition in, in Italy um, launched with much fanfare about how this is the future of tennis um, a few weeks ago and right. They had a special draw. It's only for men. They had a special draw. And in the draw, the men picked which model they thought was sexiest. You're fucking cute. Wait. The model walked down the catwalk with the man. And then to reveal which um, pool he was in, she would show a bit of her body, which would have a number attached to it. You're that... I think I just had a stroke. <laughs> Holy fucking fuckery, Batman. I mean, what? So your your draw in this tournament no. depended on which no. model you were most attracted no. to. And then literally, so sometimes, no. so she'd take off her jacket and the number would be on the back. Okay, that's, that's creepy. Or it would be on, or she'd lift up her skirt and the oh, number would be no. on her thigh. No. I just know. So while we're talking glass half full, dear listener, oh. things could always be worse. Oh, oh, you've fucking broken me. I have, haven't I? I haven't broken you for ages. I'm very oh. proud. I've just, I've got, I've got the, like, I didn't even know disgust had an actual literal taste, but I've got the taste <laughs> of disgust in my mouth. Oh my God. That's awful. <laughs> Oh, we'll come back. Ne- we'll come I've back eaten, next week. We'll I've eaten catch- drunk food on the way home. That tastes better than this. Oh, oh. We'll come back next week and we'll tell you about things. We'll also tell you about oh. our plans and things like that. If Dan recovers from oh. his stroke, which I don't know if he will. Um, thank hey. you for listening, dear listener. Uh, I, we love I you. I want another stroke to forget this. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, hit Dan up on Dan W Official at Twitter to make sure he's okay. 
I'll call an ambulance if it sounds like he's starting to stop breathing. But thank you, dear listener, for listening. <laughs>